get the lab time. Number one, proximity to presence. I tried to preach this last week and had to pull up on it. I'm fairly certain I'm going to get through it, I think. So here we go. It says in Exodus 25, 8, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. That's a powerful verse. All of the deliverance from Egypt, God gets them in a desert, and he says, I want them to make a tabernacle because I want to dwell among them. He's always been wanting to dwell among us. And his presence is our greatest treasure. And a lot of people come up here and preach about his presence, be in the presence, be in the presence all the time. And it's kind of like, I think some people think, and they've told us like, how do I do that when I'm working a job, doing the dishes, changing a diaper? You guys act like we're just sitting in a prayer room all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. That's a great challenge. And so I named this thing proximity of presence because of this. I think the tabernacle offers for us multiple ways and dimensions of being near his presence. Now, listen, you always have his presence if you're a believer because he's in you. I don't think this whole covenant come in, come out thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the typology of what is the tabernacle that can kind of give us some ideas. So do we have a picture or two, Michelle, of the tabernacle? Just for those, I think you all know what it looks like. Do we have that, Michelle? Okay, just a second. So whenever, just talk among yourselves, whatever you. So anyway, there's a tabernacle, and it has multiple pieces in it. That is the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies. You all remember that, right? And then around the tabernacle, two to three million people would camp around that tabernacle. So there was a whole bunch of, uh, you would have your, your tribe or your family that was outside, and there's the tabernacle, and you see the fire by night and the cloud by day. And so there was multiple ways and, and dimensions of being in his presence in that. And so I just want to give you these four because I think they relate to us. Number one, the encamped position. That's daily living with your family and work in the presence of God. It is possible for you to do your job while walking in the Holy Spirit while walking in actually continual prayer. There are more distractions than the holy place, but the encant position means this, that you position yourself in a way doing normal daily activity, but you're still got in view the fire by night, the cloud by day kind of thing that's happened there. Does that make sense? And so there is that encant position that I want you to think about, savor, figure out how you do it. Now listen, I'm giving you four areas of relationship with the presence there is the, you stayed in Egypt, or you don't want anything to do with it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking to believers that care about that. Number two, there's the outer court position. Moments of receiving and extending gospel mission. In the outer court was the bloodiest place in the tabernacle. It's where the sacrifices were made. It's bloody, 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 the labor. And it's really, to me, it's kind of a typology, typology of, yes, my restoration, but of gospel mission. Being on mission is a way of being around presence. I love being around the things of God. I love being around when people are missioning, telling stories about hitmen being saved and telling stories about Burundi and baptism. It's just a wonderful deal. You can operate and be around his presence there, but that's not all there is. Number three is the holy place position. That's moments of illumination and nourishment and active prayer to God. So that's the holy place. You would go into this place that was outside. There, had, there was a roof over this place, and it had the candelabrum that was burning. They had the bread on the showbread, and there was the altar of incense. In this dark room, the only light in the room was that candelabrum. To me, this is the place of presence where you get away with God, your Bible, and you're praying. You're in this place of illumination, learning the Word of God, being with the God. Okay, it's quiet, it's dark, and He's illuminating your soul. So... There's encamped, I'm living life 
in the spirit. That's good presence. There's on mission, gospel mission and ministries. That's good presence. Then there's you being with the Lord. See, here's the picture there. That little place you would go, the outer court is what I was talking about there of just being on mission number. Then you would walk inside there and inside is that place, the holy place that I was mentioning that you would have illumination. It's so good. I love to get my Bible and I love to be there. I love to eat the word of God, to eat the showbread, to have the illumination. That's awesome. But listen, that's not all there is. I want to talk about this last one, the fourth one. And this is the one that's so rare. And I just discipled another doc around this thing this last week, the Holy of Holies position. This is this, this is the sacred silence and reverence in the holy presence of the Lord. This is the one that I think is most neglected. This is a place where you're not doing a Bible study. You're not, listen, you're not praying and asking God for something. It's a place where you, pardon me, shut up, where you shut down the activity and dialogue of your mind and the feeling emotions that you live in, our thinking, our feeling, you bring them down like the, un, you, you discipline them, have them set down like children sometimes that are out of control or our thoughts and our feeling, and you get quiet before the Lord. I was training another doc this week, again, about this thing, about abiding in union. I want him to practice extreme moments of silence. No worship music in the background. No Bible in front of me. You're like, what are you doing? No Bible? I'm like, that's not my point. I'm saying I don't want him thinking and learning principles. I wanted him to get in a place of total stillness where there was no entertainment, nothing filling his mind, and he was sinking deep into the glorious union that is the union of, the, of his spirit and the Holy Spirit. Do you all know that the Spirit of God dwells in you, if you do, say amen. And he's alive and well. And he can sustain you while you're working and living. He can be with you while you're on mission. And he can speak to you through his word. And you're praying and worshiping. It's just wonderful. But he also would love an audience with you where you, Psalms 4610, be still and know that he is God. This is what we Americans don't do very well. Modern day people with Facebook going, and we got to check it out. You know the deal. Being able to be still, I wonder how you're doing there. I wonder if this, but I'll tell you this, and I mean it with all my heart. I've been a Bible reading guy, little bit of fasting, a lot of prayer. I've done a ton of these disciplines, but the discipline that probably has prospered me the most in my knowing of the Holy Spirit is meditation and stillness. I don't know if I've ever said that out loud to you. Being still and practicing, and my mind goes, what's Wesley doing? Is Wesley banging out dense somewhere? Stop it. My emotions, and then I'm feeling about Amy. And, da, 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 and I bring it back down, and I make the intensive effort in a room, no music, no thoughts, just me by faith resting in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When's the last time you've done that? Now, you need to be good Bereans and decide whether you think that's biblical. I think it's biblical. Be still and know that I'm God. For us to commune, it's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the communion, listen, the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be yours. I love worship times when we're all roaring and the music's going, it's great. I can touch presence and it's there. But I'm telling you, that's richer for me 
because I've done my favorite time, and this by far is my favorite time, is to be still and know that he's God. It's my favorite time. And it's a time that gets distracted and a lot of things happen, but I wanted to encourage you about some holy of holies moments that is yours perpetually in the spirit. So we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do this for 15 seconds. It's, it'll, it'll, it'll seem like a long time to you, but I need everybody to be really quiet right now. I don't, real quiet. I want you to bow your head, shut your eyes. Ready? Here we go. And I need you to think about one thing. The Holy Spirit is inside you, alive and well, union with you. I want you to focus on your union with the living God inside your heart. Amen. Look up here real quick. How many of you, your mind wandered in that last 20, 30 seconds? Just up and down real quick. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But I'm telling you, this is a fight worth fighting. I learned this at 18 from a book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard J. Foster. The first chapter was on meditation. I thought, it's a cult book. Only the new age does meditation. Little did I know, meditation was the invention of God, and it's all through our Bibles. It's just I never taught it. I'm taught how to be active in prayer, active in word, and those are good. But to be still and to sink into the uncreated God's presence so that his life begins to create and I don't go for an agenda other than to be with him was an amazing thing. I want to encourage you all to lean into that and to practice that if you feel so led. Amen.